0: What's up, Montana? Happy Monday. Hope you're having a great start to your week. I'm Coulter Nuanas. We're coming to you from the Northwest Motorsports Studio. Appreciate you being here today. We're in the rhythm. We're in the routine. You already kind of know what's coming if you're a loyal listener. But here's how we do it on Mondays if you're new to the show. The Montana football slash basketball hour. We keep saying it's going to go strictly basketball, but then we keep having all sorts of football news. So we're going to use the first hour of Monday's show to talk our way around. Mostly college athletics in the state of Montana, Division I college athletics here in the state of Montana. But we'll also have some quick hitters when it's pertinent about preps and anything else that might pertain. And hour number two, at least for the next couple weeks, of Monday's shows will continue to be the Monday afternoon quarterback with our good friend Marty Morningwig. Marty spent 25 years as an offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach in the National Football League. So it's been phenomenal, tremendous, uh, unbelievable for me to have Marty sitting in the seat each and every Monday. And uh, it was championship weekend on Sunday. Oh, baby. The Cincinnati Bengals going to the Super Bowl for the first time since 1989. They will take on a Los Angeles Rams team that is back in the Super Bowl for the first time since 2018, but the second time under Sean McVay, uh, one of the great young coaches that the league has ever seen. So congratulations to both those teams. We'll talk all the way around the NFL with Coach Marty when he gets in here. Uh, in the second hour but ton to get to here in the first hour in the Montana football and basketball hour actually not nearly as busy of a weekend of big sky hoops um as the previous weekend because uh two weekends ago we had all four of Montana's division one teams in action this weekend only one game on the women's side because Montana State played at Eastern Washington Thursday but then because of some COVID issues in the Idaho program. Montana State's game at Idaho on Saturday was called off, as was Montana's game at Idaho Thursday. Then the Lady Grizz got some issues in their program, so their game against Eastern Washington was also called off, so no games for the Lady Grizz this weekend. Bizarre experience. I ran into Brian Holsinger at Costco on uh, Saturday. Not bizarre seeing Coach. love seeing Coach. He's always fun to ham it up with and, uh, you know, to shoot the breeze. But – I told him, I said, this is a distinctly unique experience for me, Coach. It's a Saturday afternoon, and I'm I, I'm in the midst of a college basketball coach, and you're not on your way to work or, you know, it's just weird. Usually you're not out and about on a, on a game day like that, uh, but they didn't have a game. So, such is the times. The men's teams did play. Montana State, red, red, red hot now after the weekend. They've now won 12 out of 13. That's one of the great streaks the Bobcats have had. In the modern era, I mean, in the last 30-plus years, it's one of the better uh, streaks that they've had. And uh, they're steadily approaching a 20-win season, which they've not had in quite some time since uh, 2002, to be exact. And Montana State's keeping pace with everybody else in the league. They swept the weekend 69-63 against Eastern Washington on Thursday and then 70-64 against Idaho on Saturday. So Danny Sprinkle doing a hell of a job. And Montana State looks like one of the contenders in the Big Sky Conference on the men's side midway through the conference slate. Who else looks like a contender? Travis DeCure's Montana squad. They also now are on a little bit of a streak. They've won six in a row, seven out of their last eight. They've also won all 11 of their games at Dahlberg Arena this year, so they're undefeated at home. 13-game home winning streak dating back to last year. So this young group continues to evolve, and uh, they ended a sweep this weekend as well. 81-62 over Idaho on Thursday, and then 61-59 in a thriller at Dahlberg Arena on Saturday. So we're going to hear from Coach DeCure, uh, some of his thoughts on just the, the evolving and complex nature of Montana's defense. We're also going to hear from Derek Carter-Hollinger, junior power forward for the Grizz. And we'll also hear from David Riley, head coach for the Eastern Washington Eagles. Uh, and also some interesting talking points about Eastern as well because they're just a completely brand-new team. 12, count them, 12 new players on Easter's roster. So sort of haphazard and, and tough to, to observe, you know, as somebody that's covered Eastern for a long time and knows the program really well, every time anybody did anything on Saturday, I just kept looking at my roster. Who's that guy? Who's that guy? Where'd he transfer from? What's his deal? Where's it? What's his status? So give you some impressions of Eastern's program, because even though they are a traditional rival of Montana, a brand new look, Eastern Washington team from their head coach, David Riley, who's the youngest coach in the league, one of the youngest coaches in the country to a roster that features a dozen new players. How about the football part of this thing? Twofold. One, Montana State's got a new new defensive coordinator, and Montana unveils at least the initial plans for their indoor practice bubble. Not a full facility, but better than nothing. But is it better than nothing? We're going to discuss that as well. $7.2 million to be put in on the south side of the UM campus something that Bobby Houck and his staff has been pushing for vigorously, something that I know the UM administration, the athletic administration, certainly been raising money for. There's a lot of pros to this. There's also a lot of cons to this. We'll get into that as well. And we'll also hear from Brent Vegan, Montana State head football coach on MSU's new defensive coordinator. Willie Matt Garza is his name. He's been all over the place in the college football ranks. He has NDSU ties and he has Wyoming ties. That's his ties to Brent Vegan. He's also coached, in the SEC at Tennessee and then in the Pac-12 at USC. But he's also been in some trouble and had to start from the bottom and work his way back up a couple times as well. So we'll uh, debate and analyze Montana State's new defensive coordinator and hear from Brent Vegan as well. You want know, us now ESPN Radio? If you want to listen in somewhere besides ESPN Radio, you can always head on over to our station website, stream the show. All you have to do is click on Listen Live, and there you'll find the stream. If you want to watch this show, But you're not around a TV, you can always stream it on YouTube as well. That's good for both your audio and visual needs. So please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Appreciate each of you that already have and uh, those that have made that part of the habit of the day. Want to be involved in the show? Second hour, we got some free Alpine Touch for you. And uh, we'll also take any and all of your comments, questions, critiques, any of that. Call us or text us. We love the text line. That's a good one. 406-888-1029. That's 888 1029, all guests will join us via the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. It's uh, the last day of January. So we're almost into February, the shortest month of the year. Uh, I love, particularly on the sports calendar, when the the calendar turns to February, just because there's always some post-Christmas break hangover in college hoops. And January seems like when teams are kind of figuring things out. And when they start to either coalesce and come together or start to become unwound. And then February, you sort of get some separation between the contenders and the pretenders. You see some teams start to execute at a much higher level. You see players sort of get into the the flow. I've I've always thought about 20 games into the season is when you really see college basketball teams start to execute a lot better. That's certainly the case with the men Grizzlies right now and the Montana State Bobcat men as well, and the MSU women. I mean, MSU's women, their win at Easterd, on Thursday was their fifth win in 10 days. So an impressive stretch by Trisha Binford's squad to go from uh, sort of a middling team to absolutely a contender. So I I like it when it turns, when the calendar turns. When the calendar turns to February, you also know Valentine's Day is on the horizon. I'm not much one for Valentine's Day. I'll spare you as far as my thoughts on why I don't like it. We're not uh, trying to be any sort of negative here. But... A lot of you out there love it, and regardless of if you love it or hate it, a lot of you out there got responsibilities when it comes to Valentine's Day. So we're going to hook you up. We got a little ESPN Valentine's Day giveaway. How about a pair of tickets to Snowball, a $50 gift card to Dazzler's Car Wash. You can wash your truck before you go on the day and wash it afterwards. Keep that thing sparkling. Going to get dirty on Snowball Road, I promise you that. But Dazzler's Car Wash will hook you up and keep you clean. And uh, we also got a gift card to Tagliari Deli. So you get some sandwiches. You can take them up there skiing. And we also got a bottle of wine for you as well. So four-part prize package. And uh, as February begins tomorrow, we'll reveal to you how you can be involved in that, how you can get a hold of us, how you can be a part of it. And uh, appreciate all of those awesome supporters for being involved in our Valentine's Day Adventure Day giveaway. Let's dive into it. The Montana basketball slash football hour. Do this the first hour of each Monday show here on Nuana's now. And it's probably presented by the advocates. You may not need them now, but when you do, you know the advocates will be there for you. To find out all information on the advocates' services, visit online at MontanaAdvocates.com. You deserve an advocate. The NFL dominated the weekend, of course, and we're going to get into that in the second hour with Coach Marty. But here's the brief, quick-hitting news briefs. Tom Brady retired, and then maybe he didn't, but then he did. We don't really know. Speculation wanted rampant. Of course, TV-12 is in the spotlight and stealing everybody else's thunder. That's just kind of how it rolls. <laughs> As Andrew Houghton, our producer, and I were, were laughing uh, when this news broke, somebody put on Twitter, what a great time for <laughs> a news dump in the NFL. If you got any sort of bad news, any sort of personality, any sort of anything, Let's just dump it. Let's just get it out there. there. Actually, wasn't a lot of news dumps behind this, but uh, Andrew, not not here to necessarily debate Tom Brady and what he does next, if this is real or not. But from that news to then Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals going in the belly of the beast and knocking off the Kansas City Chiefs to then the Los Angeles Rams and uh, our guy Cooper Cup tearing it up. I mean, the NFL just ruled the day again. Uh, It ruled the weekend, as it almost always does, but at a really high level this weekend. Just your thoughts on the NFL weekend, but also your reaction initially to Tom Brady, initially and allegedly stepping away from the
2: NFL. Yeah, well, Coulter, the NFL stays winning, of course, when it comes to dominating the news cycle and just being the only thing that there's any air for people to talk about, because the news of Tom Brady retiring is something that's going to suck all the air out of the room, and it's going to you know, suffocate all the other potential topics of conversation. I think partially because it was so shocking. I wasn't expecting it. When when I, when I saw the tweets and I saw my timeline blowing up, I was like, man, if you told me that before the season and especially after the season with the way they lost, the way they went out, I'm not sure I would have believed you. So I think there was a little bit of that in there too, where it was not only, not only came out of nowhere, but also I think genuinely shocking to a lot of people.
0: It's uh, it's so amazing to think as well that there's only a few athletes that can resonate outside of the sports world. So many of you that are out there listening to this right now, you're absolutely a sports enthusiast, as are we. We love sports. Our lives revolve around sports. Any and every time I have any um, ability to mix the social aspect and and the pleasure and fun of sporting events with work we do that's why i went into this because i wanted to be able to go to games for my job what a good job easy to forget though that a lot of people aren't like that and a lot of people think that's actually even kind of silly that's why this was so impactful though because i got i heard from the majority of people i heard from about tom brady retiring don't like sports. They don't even care about sports. That's what makes it so huge. So we'll get into what it means for the NFL, how the NFL moves on from its golden boy, if in fact that is the case. At right, hour number two with Marty Mordenweg on our Monday afternoon quarterback. Montana basketball hour presented by the advocates. Bobcats and Grizz both sweep the weekends. The uh, The best of the games was the one that Andrew and I were at on Saturday night. It's a rivalry with Eastern Washington, to be sure. The Grizz drilled Eastern in Cheney, 91-78. Earlier this year, Eastern comes to town. A fully new-look Eastern roster. I didn't recognize anybody besides Steele Venters and Ellis Magnuson on the whole squad. That's what happens when you have eight players enter the transfer portal, and when your head coach in Chate Leggins bolts to go to the University of Portland. David Riley's done a good job of bringing in some talented guys. I was really impressed with Riley Bergerson who's a transfer from Central Arkansas, thought he was very good. Linton Ecclise, who's a transfer from San Francisco State, he uh, was impressive to me, too. He grabbed my eye uh, pretty quick out the gates. And uh, Algieri, their their other stretch three, four man, he had a double-double as well. Allegri might actually be how you say it. Um, But he... the Eastern's got some good players. But Montana, they're they're certainly proven they can win in a multitude of ways. Josh Bannon's really emerged as a go-to offensive option. And the Grizz are buying in to how Travis DeKear wants to win. So, this was Andrew's first weekend heading down to Dahlberg and checking out the Grizz men in person since he came back to Missoula. So, we'll get his reaction here in just a minute. But first, let's hear from Travis DeKear and uh, just why the Grizz are playing so well defensively. They've held multiple opponents under 60 points in the last couple weeks. Why? What's gone into that?
3: to hold a team uh, that's as close as they are and talented as they are offensively, 29% and a half. Uh, you give yourself a great opportunity and you don't have to make a lot of shots to win. And, and that really is the biggest thing for us. Is we've always questioned this team, this group. Can you win games without making shots? How can you help us win games without making shots? And it's, it's become our identity. Still vendors, 19
0: points per game. I mean, you guys held him down, except for that last shot. What'd you think of the
3: effort on him? vendor need a pretty good basketball player. Uh, our team effort was, was, was contagious. I thought there was a lot of extra effort from guys in different areas where we were contesting shots and whatnot. Same thing on Ventures. There were some times where we, we had to have two guys on the ball. Uh, I thought Mac and DJ and, and JB, those guys did a phenomenal job of helping on some of the, the, the dribble handoffs, uh, allowing Whitney to catch up. And then the other guys on the backside did a good job of helping the helper. And so when you do that, uh, you, can, you can shut guys down.
4: There's a lot of minutes of experience on this team, It's still a relatively young team. Is this the most advanced defensively team you've seen for a group like of kind of their age caliber? It's the
3: most advanced I've ever been defensively with so many sophomores second-year players on the floor. Uh, usually it's, you know, a lot of juniors and seniors on the floor, maybe one or two. You know, in 2018, we, the freshmen were only playing 15, 20 minutes. They weren't starters in leading us. Everyone else was third, fourth-year um, And So, yes, but I think a lot of that has to do with the minutes they played last year.
0: It is interesting to see how they've evolved sort of the the foundation of the program, or I guess who they want their core players to be coming out of their back-to-back NCAA tournament appearances. Montana rebuilds the wrong word because the University of Montana men's basketball program is built on such a solid and, in a lot of ways, historically great foundation because of the Judd Heathcote and Mike Montgomery coaching tree that they're never going to really have to rebuild. But they, do need to, they did need to find a new identity. And that first year, after great players like Ahmad Rory and Michael Oguine graduated, Montana decided to roll with Bobby or excuse me, roll uh, with Saeed Pridgett, who, uh, in my opinion, should have been the Big City Conference MVP that year, but was not. But that's here nor there. That team was sort of centered around one guy, and that's sort of atypical of a Travis DeCure type team. So then the following season, they went all in on a, a group of freshmen. There, that You were side Pridget. There was this group of freshmen in Kyle Owens, Josh Vasquez, and Derek Carter Hollinger that seemed like the future. Well, then they, re, they doubled down, and last year they brought in a new group of freshmen that included Brandon Whitney, Robbie Beasley, and Josh Bannon. They've basically now decided that the second group that I just named is going to be the core, and the first group, get in where you fit in, can you fit in at all, and... Derek carter played 26 minutes on Saturday. Josh Vasquez and Kyle Owens did not see the floor. So they've sort of moved – I shouldn't say moved on, but they've moved to a new core group. And I find that interesting. And for those around the program, it's not as uh, maybe perplexing as maybe those that sit in the stands. I do think there was a lot of hype around that first group of guys. And uh, that's not to say that their time is – Ticking or sailed at the University of Montana, but they do have uh, they have some work to do to get back into the rotation because right now the rotation's pretty darn good and the Grizz are humming along. That was their 16th victory on Saturday and they are now eight and two in Big Sky Conference play. So at the midway point, uh, they're sitting pretty good uh, in the conference standings. Nuwana's now ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television. It's the Montana Basketball slash Football Hour. It's presented by the Advocates. You didn't deserve to be in an accident, but you do deserve an advocate. You can call the Advocates anytime, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week at 406 640 Or you can visit online at MontanaAdvocates.com. Speaking of one of those guys, Derek Carter Hollinger, junior power forward for the Grizz. caught up with him for a little while after Montana's 61-59 win over Eastern Washington. University of Montana, a 61-59 victory over Eastern Washington. Good crowd on hand, almost 4,000 people here in Missoula tonight. An intense game. Cam Parker goes to the free throw line with 2.3 seconds left, and he tries to he makes the first one. He tries to miss the second one. It banks in. He's beside himself. He's like, shoot, I didn't mean to make that thing. So then Eastern gets one last last heap at the buzzer, but they don't get it off. You guys win. So just take me through. I mean, what's it like being on the court? Uh, Derek Carter Hollinger, by the way, junior power four for the Grizz here uh, with us. I mean, what was it like just the end of that game?
1: It was uh, it was it was crazy, I would say. Um, the fact that you know CP Cam Parker did didn't mean to make that last shot, you know, kind of messed things up, but the fact that uh, we had a group of guys in that was willing to guard and, and make sure they didn't get that last shot off, that 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 was a that was big for us. That was a really good game.
3: You
0: play well on the defensive end, you missed your first six shots though, but then you get the the ball comes around the horn the horny and you drill one of the biggest shots of the game. You hit a three with about forty seconds to go. So what's going through your mind when you catch the ball? How do you stay in it and uh, be able to step up and make that shot?
1: Um, I would say my, my teammates gave me the most confidence because I was down on myself, obviously, for missing my first eight shots. You know, as a basketball player, you never want to miss your first eight shots. But, um, you know, when I caught that ball, I just was like, you know what, I'm open. Great shooters ne- never not shoot, so let it go. And so I let it go, and, hey, it went in. I was so happy when that shot went in. Since you've been here with your classic
0: guys, who, by the way, you took a picture with Josh Vasquez and Kyle Owens. That was fun to see. The one team that's kind of been the thorn in the side has been Eastern Washington. You guys lost four in a row to them, but now you won two in a row. You sweep the regular season series. So when you play Eastern, what's going through your mind before the game? And that must feel good to sweep the Eagles this year.
1: Yeah, uh, that game's definitely personal. Uh, not only for, you know, me, but for my other fellow teammates. Not, not only do they only beat us or just beat us, they kind of embarrassed us. So th- these games were definitely personal for us.
0: Josh Bannon, sophomore for the Grizzlies, rapidly becoming a man. I mean, you can you can see it. So, I mean, how, how have you seen him improve? I mean, it seems like he's really embracing, you know, being tough and, and physical, and he's already so skilled, so yeah. he's really coming
1: along. Yeah, Bannon, uh, the thing is he's always been like that. He's just young. So, first year, freshman year is always a, a growing period, but he's a sophomore now. So, this, this is what Bannon does. So, we're happy to have this.
0: Grizz of one, now one seven out of eight instead of eight and two in Big Sky Caverns play. I know you guys didn't like the result in Bozeman, but you've been playing lights out since then. What do you like about what's going well with this team right now? We love
1: each other. I think that's the biggest thing. and We're playing hard for each other, so as long as we keep doing that, there's no team in this conference that can stop us, I feel like. We, we are a really strong team, and, and we're really tans- talented, so.
0: Derek Carter-Ollinger down here at Dahlberg Arena. Thanks so much for being with us, Derek. Appreciate it, man. Thank
1: you. Appreciate it. Have a good one.
0: Love catching up with that guy. Uh, he sort of had an up and down sophomore year. We didn't talk to him much at all. Part of that's just because of the Zooms. I mean, it's so great to be able to just sit down with these guys for a couple minutes after the games instead of having to drive home and log in on computer and then wait for people to sit onto a Zoom. And it's we- it was weird. It was really tough to cover. And uh, so great sitting down with Derek and, and chatting with him. So appreciate him being here with us uh, on Nuanas Now. It's the Montana Basketball Hour presented by the Advocates. Andrew Hout was there courtside with me at Dahlberg Arena on Saturday night. What were your impressions uh, of, of this Grizz basketball team? What did you think in your in your first look seeing these guys? Because you haven't really seen sort of this this reiteration that I've been talking about because you were not around when they were sort of after the rebuild. You covered those great teams with side Pridget, Prid- Rory, Michael Ogini, those guys. But uh, your thoughts just on on Montana, your first impression.
2: Well, I think it was a really important game for a young team like like they are to sort of have that experience. And I know this is something that people talk about a lot, and uh, Travis DeCure got asked this in the post-game press conference, but I think it is important for young teams to sort of be thrown into the crucible a little bit and figure out who's going to make the plays late. And I thought, Coulter, it really looked like not, not the same level of, of talent as those teams, but it's starting to look a little bit more like those teams just in the sense that they know what they're doing at the end of games. Um, and they have some players who you can can trust to make plays at the end of games. Um, and that was really good to see, especially, I know, the, the biggest crowd of the season at Dahlberg Arena. But, I mean, that's what a lot of these college basketball games come down to. And because in college basketball, you're playing single elimination tournaments at the end, oftentimes that's what a lot of seasons come down to. The matchups, the X's and O's, uh, you know, the way that teams play each other are all important. A lot of times at the end of these games, it just comes down to who's going to make the plays. And that's, you know, that's, that's a skill. That's a, that's something that some players have and, and some players don't and some players have to learn and some players have to, to pick up. And I think we saw that at the end of this game for Montana, you know, Josh Bannon making a couple plays. Yep. Derek Carter Hollinger, like you said, hitting that shot at the end of the shot clock there. Um, it, it was good to see last season.
0: The Grizz down the stretch, it was just rinse and repeat every game. Montana would have a great stretch midway through the second half. Then they'd have an offensive drought. And then they'd get in the last four minutes, and they'd get into these back-and-forth contests, and they lost game after game after game by a single possession. So you're right. I do think it's big for this particular group to break through and win like they did. And – uh They are starting to get way more defined in their roles. Brandon Whitney's been scoring the ball like you'd expect for a guy in his sort of position as your third scorer. He's been getting, you know, 10, 12 points, which is good. But he's also evolved into one of, if not the best perimeter defenders in the league. Mikey Dixon from Idaho came to Montana, averaging 18-plus points per game. Whitney held him scoreless. Steel Ventures from Eastern Washington. Came in averaging nearly 19 points per game. Whitney held him down as well. Ventures missed his first three threes. He missed seven of his first eight shots. He did hit a key shot down the stretch. But that was the thing is Montana had a five-point lead in this game with less than a minute to go. They let it slip away, but then they didn't blow it. They didn't let Eastern win. So I do think it's big for their confidence.
2: Yeah, and Coulter, I mean, that's not to say that it was all good. They Aside from, from almost letting it slip, and that was a product of some missed free throws, especially at the end of the game, I think they were three for seven or four for seven there in the last couple minutes. yeah, they missed four out of their four out of seven free throws in the last I think three minutes, yes, um they also had the the big offensive drought in the second half, like you mentioned, and that's where you see how how long how far this team still has to go because the offense got really stagnant, it was. A lot more just passing the ball to the wing and standing around, and they weren't able to get anything going. They were getting some okay shots during that stretch. Couldn't get any of them of them to fall, but just weren't able to do anything to push themselves out of that rut because I think they, they, they're still trying to figure out a little bit who the go-to players on the team are.
0: Back, Montana Basketball Hour here on is Now ESPN Radio. On the other side of the Great Divide, it's funny because we everybody else is the show regularly you know we try to give you as much uh, and as even as coverage as we possibly can both just in terms of of the dialogue as well as the the time that we spend talking about the two division I universities and I, I do think that because Grizz hoops has had such a phenomenal tradition they were always always so far ahead of Montana State like Montana State you know men's basketball has not been a contender really they've they've been Fine, in the middle of the league, but not a true championship contender while Montana is always a championship contender in men's hoops. Well, that's changing. That's what I watched play out, though, ironically, Saturday in Bozeman. I I can't really remember a time in which Montana State's men's basketball team could win games when they weren't playing well. They're doing that now, but it's also a point of contention for Danny Sprinkle. MSU's won 12 out of 13, yet he comes on the show, Montana State's head coach does, every week talking about all the things they need to get better at, all, all the ways he wishes his team was playing. Because they are leaving some stuff out there. And we watched the game against Idaho. Halfway through the first half, Montana State was up 18 to 4. And you looked at me, you said, Wow, Idaho's on pace for 16 points. <laughs> and <laughs> then though, Idaho cut it to six at halftime. And then they kind of made it a back-and-forth affair. MSU does emerge with a 70-64 victory. And uh, I just think that MSU, on one hand, it's a great piece of progress that they are winning, even though sometimes they don't play tremendously well. They didn't play that well on Thursday either, and they still beat Eastern Washington as well. That said, if they can find their potential, there's still a lot of potential to be reached for MSU right now because I think talent-wise, they're right there. What I saw over the weekend, and we're going to find out more this week as well because Weber State plays Eastern Washington tonight and then Weber hosts Montana on Thursday and Weber hosts Idaho, or excuse, excuse me, Montana State on Saturday. So Weber has three big-time games, three games against three of the other four best teams in the league this week. So we'll get a little bit more clarification in the league title race coming out of the weekend. That said, though, I do think that what we've seen the last couple weeks – I think it's fair to say that Montana, Montana State are right there with Weber State and Southern Utah as contenders in this conference. I think those are the four best teams. So there's a lot to play for down the stretch here. So the Cats do have some unrealized potential. The Grizz are starting to realize their potential. But what do you think about the element of just how much better the Cats could get even though they've already won 12 out of 13 and they're having one of the better seasons they've had since Danny Springer was a player? Well, I think it's it's true. And I think you could
2: see a lot of that in that Idaho game. And again, I think it's just a matter, a little bit, Coulter, of experience and, and having the right expectations for that team. Uh, if, you're, if you're an experienced contender, if you're a team that's been at the top of the conference, if you've got players who have played in big games and who have won big games, I think you you just step on Idaho's throat a little bit because that's what a good, experienced team does. I mean, they know the quality of their opponent. They jump out to a big lead. They just put it away and, and get their guys some rest, which is hugely important in this season. Yep. Montana State, you know,
0: it didn't, it didn't really feel like they were ever in danger. No. In but, that game. Well, you could tell they were sort of haunted by the ghosts of last year because if you harken back to last year, Idaho was the worst Division One team in the country. Yeah. They won one conference game. It was over Montana State in Moscow. Right. Those guys were thinking about that a little bit, too. You can sort of tell. Right, and that's—I mean—it it speaks a little bit to
2: the inexperience, and not the inexperience of playing college basketball, but the inexperience of being in the position that they're in now, where they've won, you know, however many games, and that they're clearly, like you said, right up there in the top three or four teams in the conference.
0: But one, what amendment I have to make from a week ago? You and I were talking about how, at the end of the day, this all actually just comes down to a week in March. It actually comes down to three days in March, because likely I think the way that the schedules are going to play out. We're going to see Montana, Montana State, Southern Utah, and Weber State get buys. And so then how do the matchups play out? I do think that there's different matchups that are better and or worse for each of those four, different combos that could be better or worse. Like, a for example, of course we know the worst matchup for Weber State's Montana because of the right. name on the front of their jersey. That's it. Because Randy Ray just can't seem to figure out a way to beat Montana. But I I was remiss in saying we were talking about how when it comes down to those single elimination one-game scenarios that – your coach makes such a huge difference. And that even last year, in Travis DeCure's worst season of his seven previous at Montana, he still got him the semifinals of the conference tournament. They still won two games in Boise. We were talking about the best coaches in the conference tournament. We mentioned Coach DeCure. We mentioned Todd Simon at Southern Utah. We mentioned Randy Ray because he's been at Weber for 17 years now. We didn't mention Danny Sprinkle. And I I, I was remiss in saying that because I know Sprinkle's only in his third year. His first tournament got called off. Because of COVID, he did not get to play any games in that one. But you absolutely have to call Danny Sprinkle one of the best tournament coaches, even though he's only played in one tournament, because he got Montana State to the championship game for the first time in 13 years. He's right there. And so all of us to say is, although this is sort of new and uncharted territory for Montana State, Danny Sprinkle's doing a hell of a job. I think that Coach Sprinkle... Being at his alma mater is such a a huge windfall for MSU because I think he's a rising star in the coaching business. I think he's got the stuff that it takes to to make a move and, and be a big time coach. So uh, we'll see. We'll see if, uh, how this this thing plays out with him. But it's a it's a great situation to be in, having won twelve out of thirteen when you when you think you've only scratched the surface of what you could become.
2: No doubt, and and but like you said, I mean it's going to come down to. A couple plays at the end of a couple games in one week in March in Boise. What's important, though, is that you put yourself in a situation where you can even be in that conversation. I think that's what
0: Montana State's done. No question. Montana basketball hour. How about some Montana football hour here on Nuana's Now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television. Montana's got an indoor practice bubble coming. Montana State's got a new defensive coordinator with – A couple question marks on his resume. We'll debate both next. Keep it right here. ESPN Radio.
1: ESPN Missoula Sports Center.
0: For the second time ever, two former number one overall draft picks will quarterback their teams against one another in the Super Bowl. Hello, I am Coulter Nuanez. Sunday afternoon, the Cincinnati Bengals shocked the football world, defeating the Kansas City Chiefs 27-24 in overtime to advance to the Super Bowl for the first time since 1989. Joe Burrow, a former Heisman Trophy winner and the number one overall pick in the 2020 draft by the Bengals out of LSU, threw for 250 yards and a pair of scores to help the Bengals topple a Chiefs team that was hosting its fourth straight AFC title game and looking for its third Super Bowl trip during that span. Former Montana All-American safety Colt Anderson, who played nine seasons in the NFL, is an assistant special teams coach on Zach Taylor's staff for the Bengals. In the NFC Championship game, Matt Stafford of the Los Angeles Rams defeated the San Francisco 49ers 20-17. Stafford was the number one overall pick in the NFL draft by the Detroit Lions back in 2009. Sunday, he threw for 337 yards and two touchdowns each to former Eastern Washington All-American Cooper Cup as the Rams won the NFC title for the fifth time ever including the first time since 2018 the super bowl 56 will take place at sofi stadium in los angeles on february 13th last season the tampa bay buccaneers became the first team to play and win a super bowl on their home field this 102.9 espn missoula sports center is brought to you by aspen sound What's up, Montana? Welcome back. A little Gaslight Anthem for you. That might be one of the best bands you don't know about. If you do know, you know. But if you don't, you should check them out. They're awesome. Brian Fallon and the boys. It's like uh, it's like if Bruce Springsteen traveled forward in time and then had himself like a punk band and there was infused a little bit of ska. Love me some Gaslight Anthem. Rolling on through the Montana basketball slash football hour. Doing some football here for you because a few pieces of news from th- around, throughout the football world here in the Treasure State. In the Montana Football and Basketball Hour, presented proudly by the Advocates, have you been injured in an accident that wasn't your fault? The Advocates can help. Call 406 640 today and speak to an attorney at no cost. Always remember, you deserve an advocate. So here's the bulletins from the football world around the state of Montana. First... The Cincinnati Bengals win the Super Bowl. Colt Anderson, former University of Montana All-American Safety, who then went on to play nine seasons in the NFL. He's an assistant coach on Zach Taylor's staff. Colt joined us on Friday. We were going to replay that interview because it is a really good one. But I don't think we're going to have time today to fit that in. But if you want to check it out, you can uh, go on over to the Nuanas Now podcast, which is proudly presented by Sportsbet Montana as well as The Advocates, and uh, listen to that. But congratulations to Colt. It's been a hell of a couple months for Butte, America. Tommy Mallott and Colt Anderson, really making the Mining City proud. And uh, people from the Mining City are so proud, so that always makes me happy when there's great accomplishments from uh, the city of Butte. Now, repeat, two pieces of news. The Senior Bowl started today, so that means guys like uh, Troy Anderson from Montana State, Samari Touré, former Grizz receiver who's who finished his career in Nebraska. They're playing in the best showcase of senior talent. From college football. So that's a a great place for prep draft stuff. Also over the weekend, the NFL PA game was also uh, also took place. And a trio of Montana State players, Lance McCutcheon, uh, wide receiver, as well as offensive lineman, Lewis Kidd and defensive end Daniel Hardy. They all took part in that all-star game as well. Good returns for all three. McCutcheon actually led his squad in catches. Uh, he made a couple big plays. So uh, those guys getting themselves some exposure as they pursue their dreams at the next level after a ch- national championship game appearance to finish their careers. The Bobcats also hired a new defensive coordinator, Willie Mac Garza, a guy who worked his way through the NDSU ranks in the mid-2000s when they were first transitioning to Division I. That's where he met Brent Vegan, And then had stops in the SEC at Tennessee and the Pac-12 at USC, but then had some recruiting violations that made him sort of start at the bottom. He's worked his way back up. He most recently coached at Wyoming when Vegan was there in 2019 and has a a brief stint at McNeese State. Now Willie McGarns is the new defensive coordinator at MSU. He replaces Freddie Banks, who was there for just a year before earning an opportunity for the same position at Colorado State. But finally, probably the biggest news of today and of the football weekend, uh, overshadowing all of those things, is the announcement of the University of Montana. Uh, this has been brewing. We talked about it last Tuesday with Jim O'Day, former UM Athletic Director. But today, a press release from UM, fundraising for a transfor- for a transformational, excuse me, indoor practice facility at the University of Montana has entered the home stretch, says the release, and is on target to be completed within a calendar year. Planning for the Grizzly Indoor Practice Facility is uh, is nearly complete. It's a $7.2 million project. It will serve UM student-athletes, not just football players. It's going to go over by the softball fields, kind of by Dornblazer Field, so that's interesting that they were able to uh, get it over there. It will be a permanent regulation-sized synthetic football field along with sprint lanes for the UM track athletes and training areas for field and throwing events, and it will also be able to host soccer and softball practices. So this is a multi-purpose facility, 110 square feet, And it can be removed in warmer seasons to create an open area and open air training space. Um, And again, once again, privately funded. So um, I'm not sure where I'm at with this, honestly. I've ran and raved already that it is a dire need for an indoor practice facility for both Montana and Montana State football programs. That's for sure. UM also needs somewhere for indoor track. That isn't what they currently have because basically during indoor track season, they go to Bozeman or Pocatello every single weekend. They're never at home. That could be something that could accelerate the track program. I know that's going to be a low priority because track does not produce nearly the revenue that football does. But uh, it's needed for sure. Indoor practice facilities are needed at both schools, no question. The reason I'm hesitant for this, though, is a, a couple things. First of all, I actually think it's pretty great that they unveiled the, the plan and said they're close because I think that can spur on some additional fundraising and some additional planning. I think that's a good thing. I think that transparency, especially when it comes to public institutions like universities, should be required, and that's what journalism is for. That said, this still needs to complete its fundraising. It still needs to complete its planning. It still needs to go in front of campus, uh, people, people of power on the University of Montana campus to be approved for its location, and it still needs to go through the border Regents. So it's not quite done yet. But I expect the fact that they made this announcement means that uh, it's inevitable, so just a matter of timing. And so can they push it through by the proposed completion date of, of, towards the end of the calendar year? We'll see. All that's all good and fine. My biggest point of contention with this is let's say it does get through the Board of Regents, which I, I believe that it probably will, even though I, I almost guarantee it will be a bigger struggle than people that love football will want it to be. But Let's say it gets all approved on campus, they got the money, all that. Okay, that's that's all fine and good. I'm still wondering about just the validity of these bubbles and the longevity of them. And, I mean, to me, if you're going to build a $7.2 million facility, why not just build a brick and mortar? I understand this is going to cost three to four times as much. To put this in perspective, when Wyoming built its indoor practice facility in 2007, it cost $11 million. When Weber State built its indoor practice facility five or six years ago, It cost $13 million. North Dakota's indoor practice facility, that's in addition to the Alaris Center, it also cost uh, about $15 million. And South Dakota State's was mid-20s. So you're talking at least twice, if not three, maybe even four times as much as the $7.2 million price tag. But I also know that, for example, um, at Montana State, they tried to do a bubble very similar to this for tennis. Not once, but twice. So, uh, and, you know, the constant repairs, constant upkeep. The when it, when it gets put up and taken down, all those things, it's not as fluid as you would want it to be. So I think this is good for the short term. I think it's important to remember just how paramount short-term is in college football right now because it doesn't matter who you are unless you're Nick Saban. Almost everybody else is marching towards not the if but the when of when they get fired. I'm not saying anybody's getting fired at University of Montana. Bobby Houck's doing a great job. They've won 10 games back-to-back years. But nothing lasts forever when it comes to coaching tenures. It's also important to remember that Coach Houck is back for his second stint at Montana, and this is a completely unique stint because – his son, Robbie Houck, plays for the team. Not only plays for the team, stands out for the team. As a captain of the team, Robbie Houck's going to be a senior. They're, making, they're pushing this through because they want this to happen for this year because they want to make a run at it this year. I think they think they're going to be really good. I think they're going to be pretty good, too. If they can fill in a couple pieces that they're missing, I think they could be really good. I think they could take a next step even above what they were last year, which was a top-five team in the FCS. But they want this bubble in place for the playoffs. They want it to be happening right now. So it's great that they've had the initiative to do this. And I do think for the short term, it's a good solution. But what's the validity of long term? Does this negate now the building of a brick-and-mortar indoor practice facility? I don't know. I don't know. A lot of questions to be had. But I know this. I know that North Dakota State tried to go with a a bubble, and uh, they ended up – pivoting away from that and building an indoor because South Dakota State went the route of just building the brick and mortar. And it was a lot more successful in its purpose as well as in recruiting and exposure and all those things. So it remains to be seen. Again, from a short term, if you're trying to win right now, you want 2022 to be an exceptional season for the Grizz, I think it's great. I think that it will help them immediately. I think it will help them especially if they do get into the playoffs and they're going on a playoff run. If that thing's ready in November and December, that will help accelerate the improvements of the Grizz football team, certainly. No question. What's the long-term impact, though? We'll see. Certainly uh, up for debate. We're going to get back around to analyzing Willie Mack Garza, the new D.C. for the Bobcats a little later on. We've got to take a break because we are going to continue talking some hoops, including a paramount— An historic victory for one Travis DeCure over the weekend, plus a little tease of what's upcoming in the Big Sky Conference in basketball. Keep it right here, the Montana Football Hour presented by the Advocates here on Nuwana's Now ESPN Radio. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. It's a pretty good
1: night for a drive, so to
0: We hardly ever play the same band or the same artist twice in a row on this show, but I was just feeling it. I was feeling the gaslight anthem today. Welcome back. is Now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television. Marching through the Montana basketball slash football hour. Gave you some bulletins from across the world of football in our last segment, including the big news out of Montana, University of Montana, that is, indoor practice facility, or at least an indoor practice bubble is being erected and uh, will be. At least proposed to be ready at the end of the calendar year of 2022. What do you think of the indoor practice bubble compared to what maybe a brick and mortar, which would be the the ultimate dream for both the Grizz and the Bobcat football teams? Let us know. 406 888 1029. That's 888 1029. Let us know what you think of the. Continuing arms race that is existing between the Bobcats and the Grizz when it comes to facility upgrades and fundraising. Let's dive back into basketball. Sort of a dichotomy here. We're going to hear from Travis DeCure once again here uh, to wrap up the Montana Basketball Hour. He is the University of Montana's head men's basketball coach. We're also going to hear from Eastern Washington head coach David Riley. Coach DeCure, the second-longest tenured coach in the league, now behind Randy Ray Brian Katz held that distinction, but then he retired at the end of, or I guess in the offseason leading up to this year. So Coach Ray's there at uh, 17 seasons and Coach DeCure in his eighth, leading his alma mater. On Saturday, Coach DeCure secured his 100th Big Sky Conference victory, a 61-59 win over Eastern Washington. 106 game conference wins. I know you passed money the other night, but uh, I mean, this league has evolved a lot even in just your eight years. How Have you seen it evolve? And 100 wins was I to, to be in this league for
3: that. It long means season? a lot. I, I think since my first year, I feel like the, the conference has gotten better. It, it, it's not top heavy in terms of X's and O's and talent and those types of things. You know, there were there were some years where you you, you could circle sweeps beat a team twice because they just didn't have players. Right now, it's not that. You you see Sac State win it going to Colorado. Uh, Anyone anyone can beat anyone. It puts a lot of pressure on your day-to-day, your details, but also the maturity of your team. Um, And and, and so for me, you know, I I think that it's it's a big accomplishment, obviously, um, but I I feel like the one thing that I've been able to do that that I feel great about is I've surrounded myself with good players and, and and a strong staff. And uh, if you surround yourself with people that work like you, act like you, believe in the things that you believe in, you're going to be successful. And I've been fortunate that. And then the other piece is tradition. I follow great coaches. And so when you step into a situation where there's momentum, um, success is not as difficult to come by when, you know, as, as, as it is when you're rebuilding and you step into some uh, an opportunity that maybe has never won. And so when there's a level of expectation, especially, pressure. It's hard. Uh, but it's also um, a lot easier uh, when you're recruiting to it and, and, and you're trying to create an environment uh, of success. When these guys come on the floor and they're playing in front of a group that expects them to win. They're not hoping they win.
0: Travis DeCure, University of Montana head men's basketball coach. His team won their seventh game in the last eight. They're now 8-2 and two in Big Sky Conference play. Nuanez now, now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television. I'm Coulter Nuanas coming to you from the Northwest Motorsports Studio. Coming up, second hour, Marty Morningwig. It's the Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty, guy who spent more than 25 years in the NFL. He'll break down all of Championship Sunday. Well, first, how about the dichotomy? Travis DeCure's been there at Montana for eight years. David Riley, one of the youngest coaches in the United States. He's just shy of 30 years old. He's in his first head coaching job, and he had to... Take over a program that in the offseason looks like it was a, not a sinking ship. Looked like it was fully torpedoed. Looked like this thing was going to the bottom of the ocean. Eight players, including Big Sky Conference MVP Tanner Groves, out. Shante Leggins, the Big Sky Conference Coach of the Year, out. Everybody jumping ship. Well, David Riley's got Eagles going okay. They got swept this last weekend in Montana, but they still sit there 5-5 five and five in the league. And I'll tell you, based on the eye test and talent-wise, the only teams I've seen that are better in person than Eastern Washington or Weber State, Montana State, and Montana. In no particular order. Haven't seen Southern Utah yet in person. Have watched them on the stream several times. They're uh, right there as well. I think they're probably better than Eastern Washington talent-wise as well. But Eastern, to be right there in the fifth, sixth spot talent-wise, pretty impressive considering they lost their whole team and they brought in 12 new players. I caught up with Eastern Washington's first-year head coach, His first appearance here on ESPN Radio. Eastern Washington, first-year head coach David Riley. uh, 61-59, Montana outlasts Eastern Washington. Uh, Coach Wild, last couple seconds. camp parker tries to miss a free throw it actually goes in which then gives you guys last chance but don't get a shout out at the buzzer to take us through from uh, your s- seat on the bench what was the last couple seconds like
4: uh well the, the last shoot minute minute was was crazy and and uh you know we had a we had a play design and in montana and their their staff and their team did a good job taking away our initial option and and we kind of you know, obviously, I guess panicked or whatever you want to call it, and, and didn't didn't make the right play down the stretch and to get a shot up. But you know, that's not what necessarily lost us the game. There was plenty of things that we could have done better. And Cats um, off to Montana. They they had a, an amazing defensive game plan, uh, as as their staff almost always does. And uh, it was they did a really really good job tonight.
0: What do you think of your guys hanging in that element? I mean, because you guys played some pretty darn good defense tonight too.
4: We've we've really really focused on that, especially the last three games. I'm mean, proud of our team defensively. Um, and it's it's this thing is this is tough. This this final hurdle that we got to break through in winning these tight games. You know, the last we've we've had a couple shots to win it versus Northern Colorado, versus Montana State, and then even the night where we're right there in the game,
0: and and we just gotta. Get these close games and it's tough on the road. For sure. It's uh it's so crazy watching this league because so many teams have such new rosters, right? I mean I've seen you guys on ESPN plus a couple times, but that's the first time I've seen you in person. I'm checking my roster every single who's this guy, who's this guy, who's this guy. What have you thought of the way your team's coming together, though? Because you guys do have so many new faces, but you guys have been competitive. How do you get guys ready that have never been here before to play in an environment like this?
4: Uh, we, we're just keeping that same blueprint. I mean, I've, I've only been in Eastern Washington as a coach, and, and we've had some success here since I've been been here, and, and just keeping that same blueprint of making sure the guys are doing it together, and we're all going to kind of – have a voice with this thing, and and that gives the guys buy-in, I think, and so they've they've done a good job. It's it's, it's a crazy thing we're asking them to do. Have 12 new guys returning, I don't know, like five points a game and and trying to build a team that can go win in Boise. Um, It's tough, and and if it was easy, everyone would do it, so we're just just trying to keep plugging along and get better every day.
0: As a head coach, how do you go about the logistics, the planning of all this? Because you don't know. You don't know if you're going to have to play four games in seven days, eight games in 17 days. But everybody wants to be as fresh as possible for Boise, right? So, I mean, how do you go through just the day-to-day? And, you know, I mean, I know you can't predict the future, but just making sure your team is tournament ready when it rolls around. Shoot, that's, that's a good question. Right, exactly, right? <laughs> we, uh, we are on, I
4: think it's, oh, I don't know. We, we have a nine-day road trip, I think, right, right. now that we're on. Um, and our guys have been really good about – getting with our trainer, getting doing recovery stuff, you know, went to Bozeman, went to the, the hot springs and the cold tubs and all that stuff when we had our day off out there. Nice. And Just trying to, to make sure we're having fun with it and also focus on recovery and, and get our guys to the point where they're ready to go play however many games we got to play in Boise and, and be ready to go win those. What
0: is Now it been radio, SWX Montana Television, Eastern Washington head coach David Riley. What an interesting experience for me. A uh, sign that I'm getting older. But also that uh, the, the world of college hoops ever evolving. That was—I uh, don't know if I've ever interviewed a head Division One coach that was significantly younger than I am. That—that that was definitely a first for sure. The Big Sky Conference at the halfway point, at least in terms of games played. So we'll give you some Big Sky Conference power rankings. Where do we see the league? A little later on, Brooks Nuana's maybe will uh, wrap it up with us. Probably play that for you on Thursday. So look forward to that Montana basketball and football hour in the books. The last one of January, and it's presented by the Advocates. You may not need them now, but when you do, know the Advocates will be there for you. You didn't deserve to be in an accident, but you do deserve an Advocate. You can call the Advocates today, 406-640-4444, or visit online at MontanaAdvocates.com. The Advocates reminding you that you deserve an Advocate. Hour one of the books, hour two coming at you. The Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty. Marty Morningweg, longtime NFL quarterbacks, coach and offensive coordinator in studio. What's he think of Montana's practice bubble? And the NFL wins again. Coaching changes galore. The retirement of the GOAT and a championship Sunday that lived up to the billing and then some. Keep it right here. Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty. Next, it's Nuanas Now ESPN Radio.